You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yes, we are back and uh, ready to go for another edition of Scatter Shooting after the Thanksgiving holiday and uh, all that kind of good stuff. I've got a brand new hat. World champion, Houston Astros. And, of course, a little something about one of my favorite TV shows, Yellowstone, in the middle of season five. I'm Randy Renner. And I am Jason Bourne. Well, uh, <laughs> he does really good card tricks, I'll tell you that. So uh, maybe is Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, when you took a sip of that, it's eggnog day. Yes, and uh, it's that time of year when mm. the, not just any eggnog, this is Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog <sighs> that not only has really outstanding eggnog in it, uh, it also has brandy, rum, and bourbon. And sherry. And sherry. I believe. Sherry and brandy. Along with... <laughs> yep, that's true. But... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe just brandy. <laughs> well, it could be. I, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's really good. It's available at a lot of liquor stores around the area now. And, uh, you know, yep. this, time of, this time of year. And it's only, you know, it's only out certain times of year. Right. I think you might be able to order it directly from Pennsylvania Dutch at other times. Maybe. Well, we found but, it, you know, in the middle of July. Uh, earlier this year. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, Lori found four small bottles at a store and bought those. But um, if you have to go with an alternative, the uh, Evans. Uh, Evan Williams. Evan Williams. Evan yeah. Williams Evan Williams is version good. is pretty good. Uh, but, but Pennsylvania mm. Dutch is significant. Like if you if you taste test them together, there's hands down, no question. Pennsylvania Dutch is the best. We took it on our trip uh, to Eureka Springs and it was a big hit. I so, bet it was. It yeah. always is. You know, and, and I've taken it to some places and, um, you know, people who, you know, not everybody likes eggnog. Sure. You know, say, oh, eggnog. I still make people who don't like eggnog try it. Yes, because, and the people that I've had try it, they're like, oh. Right. This isn't really like the eggnog I had. And I said, well, the eggnog you had probably didn't have uh, brandy and right. rum and bourbon and uh, maybe a sherry as well. Exactly. Uh, like we, we, I brought it up to uh, uh, for uh, Christmas uh, when the kids were in town last uh, Christmas. Said, uh, you know, hey, why don't you guys try this? And you know, and the, I call them kids, but they're in they're their twenties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and boy, they loved it. Oh yeah, loved it. Gabe loves it. I so, get him a bottle every year. It's. Uh, it is awesome, and uh, you know, here at this time of year, and we have here in Oklahoma City, at least it's a little, it's a tad chilly. Yeah. Today it was really uh, chilly this morning, but you know, we'll be back up, I think, in the fifties tomorrow, in the sixties. I saw one forecast that has us into the seventies. Uh, you know, before the next front comes right. through and knocks things down a little bit. Hello, December. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is that time of uh, year. So weird. So. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. Some good, some bad, some somewhere in the middle. Mm. I will say that uh, in case you, you know, one thing kind of breaking today, a couple things actually. The uh, U.S. House of uh, Representatives uh, has voted uh, on the, the rail strike uh, issue. They, they've got that bill where they're going to, force the uh, deal down the throats of the uh, unions, and they have passed that today. And so I guess now it'll go to the Senate hmm. uh, because they're trying to avoid a uh, railroad strike, which, you know, estimates are it would cost the economy a mere $2 billion a day. Yeah, that's all uh, according to plan. Uh, really screw up uh, any kind of, you know, transportation shipments and all that kind of stuff. So I would imagine that, uh, you know, the Senate will pass something and uh, Grandpa Joe, who used to be called Union Joe and Railroad Joe, will yeah. uh, sign it and uh, so we can move things forward. But, you know, we'll see. And also some sad news today. I know. Because I'm a big 
Fleetwood Mac fan. You mm. know, they were big when I was back in my high school days. I mean, they go back a ways. Yeah. Uh, Christine McVie mm. died today at age 79. Wow, I can't believe. I mean, goodness. That's pretty old. And um, I mean, and it's they, not old. It's just old no, when you think well, of them. Right. right. And, and when you think of... I mean, you know. Well, I think of Fleetwood Mac, and I think of Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks. You know, it was back, back in the day. Yeah, but Stevie Nicks was middle-aged when I was a teenager. Sorry for that statement to you, <sighs> but it's real. Uh, Stevie Nicks back, I mean... I think probably most, a lot of guys my age at that time were <laughs> in love with hey, Stevie Nicks, or at least in love. No, hey, listen, I certainly was. I remember watching an MTV video and it was not a Fleetwood Mac song. It was, she did a duet with, I want to say, Alice Cooper. Um, and it was one of those weird late 80s songs. Well, she's, you know, she's had a very successful uh, career by herself, uh, too. And, uh, and, of course, Fleetwood Mac's getting a little bit of a revival uh, because of those Chevy uh, commercials, the uh, their uh, electric vehicle oh, commercials, yeah. the song that's in there where it starts, yeah. Everywhere, which oh, was yeah. a Fleetwood Mac yeah, that's in my Yeah, that's in my playlist. Um, it's not Kenny Loggins' Eight Greatest Collaborations. Let's see if I can see it over here. I'll show everybody what I'm looking at. Uh, she did, uh, I know we're not talking about Stevie Nicks here, but I am. Well, in general we were, I mean, yeah. we Fleet, Mac, Mac. And- Mac. Well, now we're not getting anything to load. So awesome servers mm. there. Bummer. I really wish I knew what it was because it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of bugging me. Um, and I only remember because I remember it, like watching this going, man, who's this Stevie Nicks chick? She's hot. <laughs> and I didn't yeah, know. I, I was thinking that in the seventies. <laughs> uh, it's not any better, man. She's done a lot of duets. Yes, though. she absolutely has. Don Henley, Kenny Loggins. She's done a duet with Harry Styles. That's weird. But nobody who I thought. So hmm. I don't know what the song is. I'll have to look it up some other time. Anyway, uh, Cheryl Crow. Wait, let's do it. Oh, duets. Okay, she recorded with Cheryl Crow too. Yeah, she's uh, she's got a she's got a bunch of them, and um, mm-hmm. so but Stevie Nicks uh, is still alive, as far as we know. But uh, Christine McVie died today, yeah, age seventy nine. That is sad. What else happened? Uh, looks like uh, looks Hakeem like- uh, Jeffries is going to replace Nancy Pelosi oh. as the leader of the uh, House Democrats. He won't replace her as Speaker, of course. And and uh, because the Republicans right. have that, we don't know what if it will be Kevin McCarthy or someone else. It will probably be Kevin McCarthy because really yeah. nobody else has the votes. Kevin McCarthy may not either. Right. But, uh, a lot of people think that um, that there's four or five uh, Republicans that uh, are not real excited. Well, probably more than that are, that aren't right. real excited about Kevin McCarthy. Well, any MAGA but Republican's not excited about there, Kevin there's McCarthy. There's four or five that are saying that they would not vote for Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the talk is that Eventually, uh, somebody is going to be like uh, Jed Clampett and uh, sit him down. And some of you may not even know who that is. And uh, and will uh, you know just say like he like Jed used to with uh, Jethro. I'm going to have to have a long talk with that boy and sit those uh, sit those folks down and just say, okay, we understand you're not a huge fan of Kevin McCarthy, but do you hate him so much? that you're willing to torpedo the entire Republican agenda and make this, now that the Republicans finally have some control up there, risk all of that because of this. And they're saying probably of the five, I I think they said there's Mm. five right now, that they can probably turn two of them and then there might be three that will say, yeah, we're ready to burn it down. But that's not enough to do it. It's unfortunate. Uh, so, 
Well, you know me. I don't even know how to address current day situations because I, I just I've not had any confidence in our system for so long. Well, it's 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 hard to have some confidence when things just keep, you know, going know. bad and uh, from bad to worse and all this kind of stuff. And now we and there's all kinds of controversy about uh, you know there's early voting going on in Georgia mm-hmm. with the. Uh, Herschel Walker, Here's, uh, Raphael Warnock runoff for Senate. The thing I can't quite gather is, for the most part, I, I don't think that there's anybody who would deny that there is fraud in our voting system at, at some level. Like, I mean, you mean like there's there's not anybody that in their heart of hearts, their head truly knows there is yeah i think i think any any intelligent human being can do the math and say okay well if you have a hundred million people vote probably in there is some fraud and here's the thing i have to say about that the the, because the argument then comes yeah but did it change the outcome let me just make this really clear if it doesn't there's no point in it the idea that we admit to fraud being in the, and let me say that maybe some people don't, but I've heard people on both sides of the aisle absolutely yield to the fact that every election, local and otherwise, has a measure of fraud. And maybe not every election, but definitely when you're talking about statewide elections and and federal elections, there is a level of fraud. And when you know that, but you also say, but it hasn't changed the outcome of an election. That's where I have to say that seems like a stupid thing to say because mm-hmm. there's no reason to commit fraud, especially for the person perpetrating it. There, It's a federal crime that they will go do prison time for. And therefore, why would you risk that for nothing? Well, uh, and I understand the argument would be, well... Because they think it makes a difference, or they'll eventually, you know, it could make a difference. No, right. it has. It has. Voter fraud has made a difference in an American election. I, th- I think, I, I certainly will give you that, because I, I believe that as well. But, you know, for, you know, it, all, it almost sounds like you're saying it happens every time. Well, that, that yeah. it changes the outcome of an election. Well, I don't think, I, I can, I don't, nobody can say that. I don't that, believe yeah. that. Well, I don't either. It, but here's the thing I would say. I can't. Since I don't know, I mean, obviously, I don't have any proof to what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying, why do it if it doesn't do anything? That's my well, bigger point. Well, I, I think in, I guess it depends upon how deep the fraud is. I mean, if you're talking about the, whether we're talking Democrats or Republicans, if yeah. it is an organized effort by those parties, okay. But if it's an individual who thinks, you know what? I need to, I think I can vote 10 times. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Well, right. If it's that, then, and you're voting in the presidential election. Yeah. This guy's 10 votes that he's doing probably ain't going to make a difference. But right. if you're the Democrats or the Republicans or the whoever, if you have an organized national effort where thousands upon thousands of fraudulent votes are out there, then maybe yes. And here's the thing that I think really gets to the confidence of people. Mm -hmm. It's what's happening out in Arizona. Arizona. Right, of course. And some other places where it is taking forever to count votes. Right. I I mean, we've always, I, I think there needs to be a way, and surely to good God, there is a way where that on election night, all right, when the polls close at 7 o'clock, you ought to be able by the 10 o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news on the East Coast, be able to say who won and who lost. That's true. And what the numbers were. I yeah. mean, we do it in Oklahoma, and yeah. I realize that it's not on as grand a scale as a statewide in California or New York. We don't have the population but still i mean we don't have any problems counting votes here and most states mm-hmm. florida's a big state florida didn't have to you know they had all the winners and losers and numbers in by the the late night news florida's the biggest state so one of the biggest states one of the biggest top three and they didn't seem to have any problem 
And right. so I don't, and so when you have a situation where, well, golly, it's been three weeks since we voted and in Maricopa County, Arizona, we, we still don't have a final tally. Well, right. most people, I think, my opinion, most people would think, now, wait a minute here. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, you don't have a final tally? All right. Something is wrong here. I agree with everything you said. I want to go back to the guy that's doing 10 votes thinking it's going to make a difference. See, I don't think that's a very big number if a, even 1% of the fraud that goes on, and I'll tell you why. I wouldn't have the foggiest idea how to get another ballot that I can try to vote twice. I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that without risking going I to jail. I wouldn't either. Right. Now, but the, but the people there, I'm sure they're... I'm sure people that do know exactly. And those people also know as an individual. Now think I'm saying as an individual for an individual like you or I to figure this out. We would also, if we're smart enough to figure this part of it out, we are also smart enough to know that in the state of Oklahoma, a thousand votes for Joe Biden wasn't going to make him president from the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you're looking at that's going to have to happen in a swing state. And in that swing state, that individual is going to have to do something significant because even 10 votes probably isn't going to be the difference maker. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at is the personal voter fraud narrative would account, in my opinion, just because of the natural process of thought, they would understand if it's not on a large scale, it doesn't matter anyway. So if it's not going to matter, they're not going to do it, i.e. the vast majority of voter fraud happens at an organizational Mm -hmm. level, and and it has absolutely changed the outcome. In order to be successful, I think that's the way it has to be. It would have to be. And you you pick your battles, just like you were saying. Oh, absolutely. You know? Arizona, obviously, is right. one of those areas. And Maricopa County it's, in particular. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Think of it like this. I mean, from an organized, organized crime standpoint, if you think of it like this, all you really have to do, when someone says there's not widespread voter fraud, you can look at them in a the straight face and say, you're right, there's not. There's not. Mm-hmm. Would they even attempt voter fraud in Oklahoma? No. Or 30 some odd other states. Maybe 40. Maybe, I was going to say, you could probably... I mean, maybe you, even you, more maybe, than that. Maybe you only need to do it in three states. Because, you you know, Arizona was a big state this year. Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Florida. These are... These, those are the those are the places. And right. usually, you're... And, and, you know, when when we hear these stories, it's usually not happening in a place where the Democrat or the Republican, pick one... Mm-hmm was not really being threatened. Right. You know, it, it never was going to be, there. but in, in these States where it was going to be neck and neck, that's where it seems to be happening. Right. And Why can't that, we count and, in those areas? Right. And that seems to be the place where the voting machines break down. Exactly. And, you know, I saw an interview with some people. This was also in Arizona and it was an election worker who was, testifying at some hearing, I believe. Mm, and he I said, we, we came in the night before the election, ran tests mm-hmm. on everything, make sure everything was hooked up, everything was good. We came in the morning of the election, sat down, fired everything up, nothing was working right. Right. And they had to call their IT people, and that was taking forever. They were trying to do some other stuff. They finally, at 7 o'clock, as people started showing up, they thought they had it fixed. People tried to vote. It was all messed up again. Yeah, this is this is basically Epstein. I mean, it really is. So, so like he had a scenario, and probably I think it's in the same same county. Maybe not. We could be because this happens. You know, they've got a different tactic for each one. My favorite one is the security cameras going out. So, oh, that's the uh, Jeremy Epstein reference. That's there. right. Mm-hmm. So you have security cameras go out. They've that never gone always out. Worked. They've always worked, but they Except, decided to randomly yeah, yeah. go out on the one night that mattered the most. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. The one night that he does kill himself is when the cameras aren't working, is when the the guard was taking a longer dump than he normally did. I mean, uh, whatever it is, whatever to make the narrative work. And and, and this is the deal. At some point, when is America going to wake up and go, you know, there's just not that many coincidences. There's not that many of them. Well, you know, have you ever watched uh, NCIS? 
Yeah. That TV show. There's a lot of coincidences there. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> or uh, not. one of uh, Gibbs's, uh, what, what was it? His 39 rules, I think it was, or however mm. many it was. But one of them, one of the up very high, there are no coincidences. That's right. Well, and this is the party that's been touting, trust the science, trust the science. One of the most um, used scientific principles on the planet is Occam's razor. All things being equal, whatever the most simplest explanation is, is probably the right one. Mm -hmm. What's the more simple explanation? Likely, I should say, not simple, more likely explanation that the cameras just happened to go out in the time frame that mattered the most out of 365 days in a given, actually out of all the years combined, because it's a quadrennial, depending on how you want to look at it. At least we'll say every two years election. So they go out that day that or somebody intentionally killed the cameras. And if mm -hmm. so, and here's all you have to know. Here's all you have to know. If someone intentionally killed the cameras, they broke the law. <laughs> and then they broke uh, Jeffrey Epstein's neck. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, when, um, and, with, and with some of the things, some of the powerful people that were involved in this, mm-hmm. It doesn't take a whole lot of imagination, you know, to figure out that, okay. Yeah. You know, somebody uh, uh, either bribed, uh, you know, the guards or did something with that or, you know, who knows what. But I, there are enough people in there who could have rigged this. Right. To where, oops, all of a sudden the cameras yeah. failed just at the moment yeah, that, yeah, sure. you know, somebody uh, now, did that. Now, my off-the-shelf security cameras that, you know, cost less than 100 bucks a pop, they seem to always work. But whatever. Well, I understand why your state-of-the-art uh, cameras don't always work. It's and, and people, you know, they don't understand the difference between enterprise and, and consumer. <clears throat> yeah, apparently consumer is more reliable. I, I don't understand it either, but I think it's ridiculous. And, you know, my, my good friends over there at TimCast... They they hate this narrative. I won't say they. Maybe some of them do. Tim Pool specifically hates the uh, fraud narrative. And I understand why he hates it. He hates it because he believes it discourages people from getting out to vote. And if you have no hard evidence, then you can't very well proclaim voter fraud. Okay. I don't have hard evidence of voter fraud. But I do have unlikely realities. Mm-hmm. And unlikely realities are in themselves some level of evidence of something, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if if you if you yeah. walk out into right right now, what would happen? Again, going back to the scientific method, if we walked into the wilderness of Oklahoma and we found ourselves a twelve-headed dog with seventeen legs, our predisposition would definitely be: I wonder what radioactive material this dog got upon. Is it factual? Do I have evidence that he's been exposed to radiation? No, but he has 12 heads and seven legs. Well, some people might have a totally different reaction. Well, that's fair. Some people might say, damn, I guess I ate the wrong mushrooms. Well, and and you know what? Here's what I'm going to say to that. Both can be true. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. Right you are, brother. So, that, and the thing is, I get his, in his bigger picture is that if it discourages people from the process, then then we're hosed. And I would say, right, we're hosed. So, let's fast well, forward to the end. It's kind of like what, you know, Stacey Abrams has said about <laughs> what's going on in Georgia that so many people are, were being so many people were being denied access to be able to vote. In fact, it was so bad Even in the, Georgia. You know, the restrictions were so they're draconian, iron-handed, draconian, yep. Jim Crowian or Jim Eagle, as uh, <laughs> Grandpa Joe described. Right, that a record number of people somehow turned out to not vote for her. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some True. of them voted for her. But. Uh, well, I'm sure a record number voted against her because it was yeah. a record number of people that voted. Right. So it stands to reason that a record number voted against her. Right. Uh, and a record number voted for Kemp. Um, but, and I, I, you know, I don't, you know, one of, one of the arguments is about showing 
on the ID and all this kind of stuff. I I have to show an ID all the I showed an ID today. Right. When I was getting the new car. What happens to Okay, so so again, I'm I don't even care call me racist. I'm just going to make this point. So okay. they typically the the left says that it's voter suppression to have to show an ID because African Americans are suppressing the African American vote. This is their argument. Right. They are not as likely to have obtained a government issued ID as a white person or as other people. Now, do you disagree with that? Uh, no, that's their that's argument. Their, I mean, yes, I mean, that's their I, argument. I you disagree, disagree with it. With it yes. and well, so, I don't disagree that that's and, their argument. And let me, let me tell you. So um, I'm just going to throw because, this out. Because, you know why? Hmm. Because, and this is Democrats, the Democrat Party. Yeah. And the mainstream media never really talks about any of this. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. The Democrat Party is the party of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, I know. I know. Of course they don't want to talk about that. That's a problem for them. But, I mean, historically. They're the Jim Crow law. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the stupid All part. All of that came well, from Democrats. And, and, and here's the same here's, here's the same thing I find interesting about that argument. The same leftists that make that argument talk about the disparity of incarceration for people of color. Specifically, African Americans, which I believe make up like forty-three percent of incarcerated individuals, despite only making up thirteen percent of the overall population. Now, what is the first thing requested from law enforcement upon an interaction with the public? Do you know? Traffic stop or otherwise? Uh, Do you have any ID? Let me see your license and registration. Right. When you're pulled over, it's license registration. When you're not pulled over, it's do you have any ID? Can I see your ID? There is a pure assumption by all law enforcement, at least, that everybody, that everybody has, has ID. So which is it? Or are they saying they're in jail because they didn't show their ID? Some of them probably are. Saying that, <laughs> saying not, that. not I in jail say, because they did. Yeah, show me that statute. Uh, but no, yeah, some of them. And so, yeah, that is. Yeah. It's 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 so, a, it's a and, dumb. And plus, you know, mm. mo most people, you uh, it is now. Obviously, there are some people, certainly out there, that don't have yes. an ID. Sure, but just think of all the times that you're asked to show your either to show your ID or when you're doing almost anything at some point, right. you know, you're asked, what's your social security number? You know, what's your address? Well, what's your, let me see your driver's license. Let me see your social security card. Let me, this, something. that, or the other, something well, to prove yes. who you are. You can't get into school without proving you live in the district. And how do you prove you live in the district? You bring a water bill with your name and address. And they go, mm -hmm. oh, look. That's where you live. So so if you drill down, let's just go with this. Let's say you have to drill down and because I can I'm pretty certain that that even the the idea of having to show some identification or prove that you are a uh, the person you say you are doesn't begin and end with a driver's license. I'm sure there are multiple acceptable options. But let's just go with two. A utility bill for where you live and or a license or or a license. So now how many people are really suppressed? Let's talk about the number. I mean, the homeless would be suppressed potentially, right? They're not going to have a utility bill in their name. Man, they're probably may not have a driver's That's license. That's right. That's right. You could look at, um, you know, kids living with their moms and or their parents. So they don't have bills in their names, but they're voting well, age. kids. Oh, okay. Voting voting. I was like just 19, saying, well, yeah. kids shouldn't be voting anyway. No, but like a 19-year-old who lives with mom and <laughs> right, dad, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Who never got a license. Now, now, what number is that across all races? Let's not even talk about one. What kind of percentage are we talking about I of the would population? Think pretty small. I would think it was minuscule of people who wouldn't have some form of ID already. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about who could or couldn't right. get it. I'm just saying who wouldn't already have some form of identification like that. A student identification, even. Sure, right. So, 
so now you're talking about a minuscule pop, uh, group of the population, and if you care so much about it, go get them IDs. You can certainly go harvest their ballots. Why can't you go ahead and just go help them get an ID? That's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. So, uh, yeah, it's something. Oh, is that, does that mean we need to talk about the thunder? No. Oh, okay. No. That's my cue. I hear thunder, no. and I'm like, oh, that yeah, was, thunder basketball. That's how, that's how loud my mic drop was. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we fix that. Probably not, because the Democrats are, we going, don't. To, the Democrats are going to oppose it. Because if sure. it gets fixed, then they may not win another election, and they can't have that. Oh, they're good. Uh, they're good. Speaking of... Thunder, though, now that you brought it up. I'll play it again. There we go. You, know. you have your nifty uh, Thunder sweatshirt uh, on. I do. With the uh, new uh, you city, know, that's edition, city logo. edition logo and the city edition jerseys, which are uh, uniforms, uh, which are great, uh, designed by... Desmond Mason, former OSU yeah. star basketball player and I love former Desmond Thunder Mason. player. He was uh, with the Thunder for... Uh, part of the inaugural yeah. season and um, really fantastic artist yep. and did a great job, a great job of the jerseys. They're playing tonight uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. The model of our franchise. Yes. And the uh, where a lot of people who certainly started with the organization yeah. came from San Antonio, San Presti for, yeah. for one and uh, several others. Uh, came from San Antonio in the beginnings of the Thunder franchise. And uh, the Spurs are coming in on an eight-game losing streak. Good for them. Yeah. The Thunder have lost two in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think seven of their last ten or six of their last ten, something like that. Uh, they're having a little bit of a problem now. They got off to a really pr a, a better start than I thought they would. But they've struggled a little bit lately, but they've not really been blown out. Well, as I was going to say, you know, they've their record does not reflect their play. Um, right? They they've they haven't been. There's good, only been really. really, in my opinion, there was only one game that I would call a blowout all season, and it doesn't on paper look like a blowout, but it functionally was a blowout. In other words, we were down, I don't know, 18 points in the fourth quarter and mass substitutions got us to within 10, mm -hmm. right? But the reality is yeah, it was a blowout. Other than that, yeah. I, every game has been a game. Yeah, they, they've been outstanding. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has really been good. He's the third leading scorer in the NBA. He really should be considered for MVP. If the team was better, I think he team, would. If the team was better, and I think uh, his name is being, he's being talked about a lot uh, about making the all-star team mm -hmm. this year. And it's he definitely deserves to be on the all-star team. Now, whether he will actually make it or not, I don't know. I mean, some of that depends upon how many wins your team has. Right. But he's having such a great season. And the Thunder, you know, they're not just terrible. They've been in basically every game they've played. Right. They've been very competitive. And they, you know, they've had some, you know, I mean, they're also the youngest team in the NBA and the second youngest in the history of the NBA. Right. You know, and uh, you probably know the answer to this. I do. You know uh, what the youngest team in the history of the NBA, you know who they were? Yeah, it was last year's Thunder team. Last year's Thunder team. <laughs> yes. And to be as young as they are and to be and to doing be, some of the things that they're doing if, is really pretty incredible. If if Sam would have traded Mike Muscala this year, they'd have been the youngest team, depending on what, oh, he, traded yeah, yeah. If he, traded picks, what he traded for. Yeah. If he traded for picks, they'd have been the youngest team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of Mike Muscala, he's hurt right now. He won't play. He's got a, he's got a sprained ankle. Of course, Chet Holmgren is out for the uh, season. And Shea may miss tonight's game. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, especially since you're going uh, to the game tonight. As a fan. As I mean, a you're fan. Usually always at a uh, Thunder game, but not as a fan. Generally, you're And I there. wouldn't say always. But no, often. not always. <laughs> not I want not to, always. <laughs> gonna, all right. Yeah. So uh, do you know who leads the, the Thunder in three-point uh, percentage? Um... 
Boy, I saw this just the other dead guy. It's at forty six point two percent. Um, dang, tell me, Eugene Omaruri. Yes. That's what I saw the other. You know, and Omaruri is a is a two way player. Two way player, exactly. That's uh, a, it's an impressive reality. Yes, and he, I, every game I've seen him in, he's been he's outstanding. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, including blue games, I've seen a couple right, of blue games right. with him. But um, and yeah. uh, and Shea is rocking almost ninety two percent from the free throw line. You know, he had one really bad game uh, from the free throw line where he missed five free right. throws. And that messed him up. And uh, that <laughs> kind of dropped him. Because there for a while, he didn't miss any. Right. And then, you know, it was one here, one there. He was and second think, in the league behind. I can't remember who he was behind, but he was second in the whole league uh, up until that streak of five. Well, I, I think when he, he missed, be, when he missed those five. Was he first at that point? Well, he was. He had missed up until that game. He had only missed five or six total. Total. Right. You know, the all season. And then missed five in that one game. He was like, mm, I don't know what was going on. And then he got hot again. And now he's, you know, and the other thing about shape that reminds me a little bit of Kevin Durant in that he, you know, one thing that Kevin Durant was always able to do and still can is get to the free throw line right. a bunch. Yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing that this season. Right. Like the other night, he took 18 free throws and made 16 of them. Right. And 16 and, and of he, 18 he, he averages, from the foul line. He, right now he's averaging 31.1 points a game. Yeah. So you're talking about half your points coming right. from the charity stripe. Right. That's, a, that's huge. Right. Right. <laughs> that's and huge. he, because he drives to the basket a lot. I, I right. think therefore he's in the top five of uh, maybe top two, uh, you know, d depending mm -hmm. upon where we are. In drives to the, to the basket. basket. Yeah percentage of shots that he takes on those kind of plays. And, uh, you know, we also saw that and still do, but during the history of the Thunder, James Harden also was really good about that. And he takes a bunch of free throws usually. And on that team, uh, there, when they were together for those years, when you had Durant, Westbrook, Harden, those guys all, like to drive to the basket and we're on the free throw line oh, yeah. many, many times. And those, those, the golden era of Thunder basketball, which mm -hmm. was like season three or whatever, right. three, four, five, and six, um, they oftentimes led the league yeah. in both free throw percentage makes right. and attempts. Right. Because they got to the line so much and they got so many of their points from making all those free throws you know mm -hmm. durant was consistently in double digits and harden and westbrook sometimes were right there with it right and so so that becomes a big part of the game do you know who leads the team in overall field goal percentage uh no eugene omarui yeah, he's at Man, 51 and a half. I wish I'd have paid more attention to the stats this yeah. morning. 51 and a half. Shea Gilgis is at 50.6, but he's at 51.5%. So so here's the thing, and, and I'm I'm going to go out. I, I said this, of course, when I saw him. This is now just confirming in the stats, but I look at like, Omaruyi, and I'm going to say this cat is going to be an all-star in four years, minimum. Okay. Maybe it's on record, but here's here's the deal, though. I mean, he is he's really good. He's really good. He's good consistently, no matter who he's playing against. And yeah. this is what I find. He's it, very very young, and he's getting some experience with the Oklahoma City Blue as yes, well. Yes, and he's got he's got the best shooting coach in the league. And the guy is sitting Chip here. England. He's sitting here at fifty one and a half percent, and then almost fifty percent from three point. Yeah, I mean that's insane. Yeah, he's going to, yeah, he is going to be uh, right alongside Shea uh, in a starting role. Well, you know they have these in young players years, that they years. have. Did you see? By the way, did you see uh, what Kevin Durant said uh, the I other did. night about, about the Thunder, Thunder and in about yes, yes, Shea in particular in the Thunder. Well, not just Shea. I mean, he talked about Shea. He, yeah, but and he several talked, other guys. He talked about uh, the Thunder organization from the perspective of Shea because people were saying Shea needs to leave Oklahoma City or something like that. I, I don't know what they're saying, but it's my son Gabe sent me the link. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, first time I've agreed with Kevin Durant right. in a decade. Right. Because he had because he had nothing but really, really nice things to say right. about Oklahoma City, the organization, the whole, yeah. and the place. Right. He, you know, really he was did. talking about how it was so great to be at the beginnings of his career yeah. in an environment like Oklahoma City. Not only right. the team, the Thunder team, but the type of city Oklahoma City is. Right. And uh, he was talking about how impressed he has been with Shea and Josh Giddy and uh, Lou Dort. He was very impressed with the coaches. Mark Degnault said, uh, hey, they're, you know, and he also said something I found kind of interesting. And, I, of course, I can't remember exactly what he said, so I got to paraphrase it. But basically, he was talking about that this is a really good they have a lot of really good quality players. Mm-hmm. And in a few years or less, you know, they're going to be back into the playoffs regularly. Right. And he said they're going to attract some free agents. And, you know, you just, you never know who could end up there. And the, I don't know, if it's just maybe the way he said it. I don't know. But I was like, huh. No, nope. you talking about Stop you it. there, Katie? Stop it! Stop it! He will never be welcome back to Oklahoma City in well, my heart. Not in my oh, heart. I, okay, in your heart. I, I'm not saying anywhere else, but you know, uh, he if yeah. well, I, I mean, I'll I'll say this right now: if something were to happen and they brought him back to the team as a free agent or via trade or whatever, mm-hmm. and it, you know, just my opinion. I would think that the fans would bury the hatchet and welcome him with Probably open Probably so. I would say that's because would, Because yes. he's back to being one of your guys then. Can I say this? This is going to be, Go ahead. This you is say, gonna be say, relatively say, controversial. Say whatever you want to say there, big boy. And I mean this. Okay. Oh, this is. Some people are going to say this is stupid, but uh, Michael Kenny, if you're watching, I want you just to think about it. Just think about what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Right now, if we being the Oklahoma City Thunder, were able to to add Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook back to the roster with our current team, we would be a Western Conference Finals team. And I say with our current team, pick any two players that need to go to make room for them. I don't care who, somebody who's not relevant for us generally. Let's, I would I would actually lose Mike Muscala in that list, even though I think a lot of people would not. Well, I, I mean, you need to. Sure, I, I mean, you <laughs> yeah. could do you could do you could that. do a lot of different you players. Know, there. It would be interesting. I mm, maybe I you know I don't know. I mean, Russ definitely I think is you know he's lost a step, uh, but uh, Durant will, is still a high level. But, but I think, and here, here's why I say it, and the, I think that there's way more emotion attached to basketball. There's way more mentality attached to basketball than is given credit. You have physical ability, but when you have a mental thing, if, you're, if your mentality is there, and there would be something magical about that kind of a, a reunion, so sure. to speak. Oh, I, that absolutely. I, that I think would drive, it would push past some of the physical shortcomings that would come into play there. Well, and you would also uh, presumably, um, you know, Russ would have to, Russ would need to come off the bench. I don't think so. I think you you bring him in uh, and put him in the shooting guard position. Start him in the shooting guard. So you, well, I mean, somebody, because right now, you know, you're, the starting lineup is Shea, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, and then, you know, depending depending on what you do on what you do. So you would bench. I would Josh. Start, I would or, run small. I would. I would then. You I would, would have put Russ, Russ, and Kevin into that lineup. Kevin being the biggest of the bigs. It would be okay. weird, but come on, what what is basketball today anyway? Mm. I mean, it's because uh, here's the deal. Who cares where you start? That would be the lineup at the end of a game. Shea, Maybe not Josh Dort. Russ, I think Josh and KD. is. Yeah, I think Josh is interchangeable in that. But I think you would have definitely Lou Dort would be on the court at the end of a game. You would have 
Shay, Kevin, and Russell, and I think the other positions interchangeable. I think you put Giddy on if you need Giddy, but I think you could put Poku in at, at that point. You could do a couple things. Well, there's you know, and then you. I mean, obviously, it's fun. It's fun to talk it's about all this kind of stuff. Moot, <laughs> but right. I mean, number one, uh, you got between Durant and Westbrook; those two are making about ninety million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Just the two of them. Just and, the two of them. <clears throat> excuse me. They can make ninety. If and then they try. you, uh, you know, you add in others, and yeah. then you're going to be you're going to be over two hundred million dollars on your roster. Yeah, but do you want to win a? Well, I don't know if they're going to win a champion. I, I said they'd go to the Western Conference, but yeah, um, you know, it's a but. I yeah, mean, you not, know, who knows? It's not going to happen. Now, what I what I like to see, um, you know, maybe I, you know, and some people have speculated about. Well, you know, Russ is you know kind of at the end of his contract. Let's do a late season trade. Bring him to Oklahoma City so that he can retire as a member of the Thunder. That's kind of fun to think about. But what does it do? It really doesn't do anything for really the team. Well, Because maybe. You're, you're bringing in Russ and you're going to have to jettison somebody and then you're going to have to, you know, somebody that's a young developing guy is going to be losing playing time to a guy take, who's about to retire. So take take the I think it's uh, is Jalen Williams the other two way player. Jalen Williams the forward, the guy from Arkansas. Right, right. Jalen Williams the guard from Santa Clara no, is yeah, the, in the rotation. Yeah, but the other one is the is the two way player, right? Uh, it's Omaruye yeah. and him are the two two. No, 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 no. Uh, Jalen Williams, uh, the forward from Arkansas. He plays with the blue some, but he's not he's a two-way two guy. Lindy Waters, Lindy Waters, Lindy Waters is uh, okay, the other that's, two-way. That's guy. right. He's the other. So, so you would take to me what you do is you you take Lindy Waters and make him one hundred percent blue for the remainder of that season. And well, you can't do that. You can't do that. No. Hmm. I mean, you would have. To, I mean, you could you could waive him, but oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, but I mean, you're a two-way. You're a two-way player. Yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, he could, could play. Cut him. He could play for the blue the rest of the you season, have to pay but he's him still the on the. And he's taking up the spot he's of a spot. that two. But way if you spot. waived him, he wouldn't be taking up that spot, right? Right. Well, anyway, my point is, you you, you got to find a way. Here's what I would say, though: is to me, bringing Russ in is uh, at the very least equivalent to bringing Derek Fisher in. I think Derek Fisher. Uh, brought better leadership and less. Uh, uh, I think at this point, the point we brought in Derek Fisher for the first time, and the point you'd bring back Russell this year, I think Russell would come back as a stronger piece than Derek Fisher was uh, as a basketball player, but uh, not as strong as an off the court leader that Derek Fisher was. But I think that the the trade off there is roughly equivalent. I think they they would it would be the same effect, and Derek Fisher had a massive effect on the morale of the team, I think in a positive way. And sure. I think Russell could bring that same thing. I mean, just the team already has hustle, drive and energy. The funny thing is this is the kind of team Russell wished he could have played with. I mean, when well, Russell Russ, was, Russ was, did play he, with this kind of team. Well, back in the early days when he was well, a kid too. No, exactly. But, yeah. but when, when, you know, he played with Shay for a season, I think maybe two, did he play two seasons with Shay? No, no, because Shea was, well, yeah, because didn't we, no, because we did, we got Shea with the Paul George trade, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So my point is, is though you look at Lou Dort and you look at just the, the overall hustle of the team and heck, I hate to do it because I just don't like the guy, but I'll even throw Poku in that. There's hustle on you know, this Poku, team. Poku has really improved. He's gotten better. He has, he has improved a lot. Right. And dude, we haven't even brought up, by the way, haven't even brought up what Chet Holmgren could have brought to this. Right. Yeah, mix. yeah, yeah. That I I really would have been interested to see what Holmgren would have done. I'll tell you what. And then what, what he might be able to do when he comes back. But, you know, if you're talking a net gain, think of this. If Chet Holmgren only created a net gain of six more points a game. Trading off with whoever he'd have to trade off with, he just brought Poku probably probably Poco, which means likely he'd bring a lot more than a net gain of six points. But let's just say it was only six. What would the Thunder record be right now? Better than what it is significantly. Probably they'd be they'd be flipped. 
I bet. Maybe. I bet there. I bet the record would be flipped. Maybe we'd have to look. Just stand and go. We would. But, yeah. But but if you figure that because I think they're eight and thirteen right now. Yeah, I could see. Well, 13 I mean, and eight. you could. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure that I would go that far. But I, you know, I could certainly see how many eleven games and have ten we lost? or something like that. How many? Bottom line is how many games have we lost? With five or less by five or less points, that's the real question. Uh, probably quite a few. And if it's five or less points, then okay. that would be the difference, yeah. right? But you know, some of those games, I, it's, I mean, know, there's again, always, again, always that's dynamic, right? right? There's all but, kinds of different things that go into that. You know, when you're talking about totally. stuff, but I mean, it's fun to talk about. But it's too bad that he's lost that the the year that he could be having right now, developing and. Oh, uh, yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, it's a spam call. Oh, Lord. Here we go. No, I'm not. I'm just going <laughs> to answer oh. it and then turn it off. I, it's That's usually no a fun. robot and they're no fun. Wow. You know, if you double click your silent button, it'll just stop. You don't even have to answer or hang up unless you want to answer and hang up. Little, I did not lock, know that. The lock button, you just double yeah. click it and it's gone. Oh, really? Oh, okay. See, I usually you're, I, I you're, just answer it and then yeah. hang up. Well, you've been on Android for most of your uh, smartphone life. Well, that's true, I guess, yeah. That's fair. Although now, uh, you know, I've had my iPhone for... A This year? will be two years. Two years now? Yeah. Wow. Because I got it just before Christmas in 2020. How about that? I think, I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, I think so. Nice. And so this will be this will be two years. Now, so man, look at this. You you went from Android, mm-hmm. multiple Androids over the years, yeah. to new car today with wireless Apple CarPlay. Wireless Apple CarPlay. And you've got your Apple iPhone, and I you're getting a call from Tim what, Cook later, right? Why well, that could have been, been Tim. I, I don't know. It showed up as spam, but Figures. you never know. Um and it, it has a wireless uh, Android. It has Android CarPlay or whatever. But we don't it is care about too. that. But I'm just saying. No, no, no. Uh, we know, don't it, care about it that. It does. But yeah, I I don't that now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I finally got finally got a new car today because, as I've said on here, a tree fell on my right. beautiful, gorgeous Ford Fusion. Back on August twenty eighth. Yeah, that's insane. And it's just now. Do you want to throw shade at your insurance company at this point? No, I want to throw shade. I I will uh, honor your wishes. Well, a lot of it's not totally my insurance company's fault because the story that I told on here, the the adjuster just disappeared. Well, I know, but he worked for them. That caused a lot of issues. (laughs) I'll tell you. I'll tell you though. Um. A place where I did not, never did have any issues uh, was uh, with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Yeah, they were awesome. Those guys were tremendous. And um, so I finally was able to turn the, the car in after three months of renting it. And then uh, Jeremy over here gave me a ride from uh, the Enterprise location out on Northwest Highway, out by the uh, iHeart Complex. Yep. Drove me up to CarMax in uh, North uh, Oklahoma City, South Edmond, right there on Memorial Road, where I got a 2022 Chevy yeah. Equinox. Cool car. We've spent the day together. We've wrapped we up the have, day with right. a podcast. Yes, you, you picked me up over at Enterprise about 1045 this morning. You hung out uh, there at CarMax, which... You know, most everything was done. It was really easy. Cool. You know, you don't have Very to sit around. Very with and, that process. I was glad to get to see that. Yes. And, and and you only saw kind just, of the yeah, end Yeah, I just the saw end the very end. end. But that's enough. But, you know, you go Because you did everything online. else online. Yes, yeah. you do everything online. You pick out the car you want. There's no dickering, you know, back and forth. You it's know, just, where you yeah, go in price. and. Which I will right, say. Well, what do you give me for that? Well, can you knock off this? Or sometimes I, I like that? that, though, I will say. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of that. And you just go in and you you see whatever vehicle you want. You say, here's the down payment that I can afford. Here's what I'd like my payments to be. Here's what I would like uh, the terms to be. Yeah. You throw that out there and, you know, within a, a very short amount of time, you usually get an answer back whether you pre-qualify to where you can move on and then, and then, you know, others get involved and you actually submit an application. Uh, and, you know, usually if they approve you as pre-qualified, mm-hmm. generally, you know, not probably not, not 100%, I suppose, 
But that's a good sign, obviously, that you're going to be approved because you've already written in, hey, here's what yeah, I can here's do all and your stuff, all, all, the, all that. So they've looked at that, and then they'll do a, a hard pull on your credit report and see if there's anything in there that disqualifies, that disqualifies so, or is derogatory or, you know, whatever, which uh, fortunately they missed on all they mine, apparently. Because so, uh, I hadn't reported yet. Oh, there we go. Um, so we, we got five minutes left, and I want to ask you a question. Okay. Um, because we haven't talked about this much at all, and it's mm-hmm. mostly because we've been just in and out. We've had different things come up. Oh, right. Yeah. I've I've been gone. You've been gone. Had holidays. So you are an avid Twitter user. Consumer. Consumer of Twitter content. uh, Consumer of Twitter. You're not a contributor. I uh, I used to be. I mean, I used to be very involved in it. But, you know, now I usually don't go to Thunder Games. I usually, uh, unless I'm a fan, I don't go to OSU Games in an official capacity. I'm up there a lot. But no, I mean, you know, I mean, I was on there all the right. time doing this, that, or the other. Now, about the most I'll do is I'll retweet right. something or like something. How so is, I am a consumer. How is Twitter's landscape from your vantage point now that it's headed by its head twit, Elon Musk? Well, for me, it hasn't changed very much, okay. to be quite honest. I, Have you, you know, not, like, he's reinstated Trump. He's reinstated uh, James O'Keefe. Of Project Veritas, he's reinstated uh, Laura Loomer. Are, well, are some these of those people, people that you ever followed? Not really. Mm. And uh, Trump's not a participant. I don't think. He you know, I, I don't think he is. I, I think he's not. You know, mostly. You know, I, I'm on Twitter, and for for the most part, you know, like I have tweet deck right. that I will pull up that I had pulled up. Have here. you considered getting verified now? No, I have not. I mean, why would I? I don't really post anything anymore. Uh, because you're verified. Everybody wanted to be blue check marked. Not me. I don't care. I'm thinking about doing it just to get blue check marked. Okay. That's fine. Blue check marks, I, I don't care. I mean, I you know, if people were to see a blue check mark, they'd think, damn, I thought he was a Republican, but he's got a blue check mark. What no, the they'd say, that? oh, he pays $8 a month. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's it's never really. I've not been. I don't. I care. am. I will say this. I've been. I've, you know, I've not been a big Twitter user. I've been on and off different times. I'm currently off. I don't. I, and I always delete my account, so I always risk my handle every time instead of just, you know, vacating. But uh, I'm not going to tell anybody my handle at this point because I might get it back. My whole my whole thought process is that uh, just hearing hearing um, Elon talk about what he wants to do with the platform in general terms. If it was still a publicly traded company, I would absolutely buy stock. It would be a worthy risk to me because as a lot of people, I don't know if anybody knows this, but, um, well, several parts of this they may not know. One, Elon Musk started PayPal and sold it. It was not called PayPal at the time, but it changed names. But he was one of the guys that initiated PayPal. Okay. Sold it to YouTube or not YouTube, uh, uh, eBay, I think, is who eventually bought it. I don't know. Anyway, he sold it. Um, the company started off as X, I think, or something. Hmm. Anyway, um, so he had an idea. He was talking about this in an interview not long ago. He said, I had a uh, the next step for, what, for PayPal, um, nobody ever did. It was in their game plan, but he sold it. And he said, nobody ever did it. And he said, 22 years later, still nobody's done what, what I had planned on doing. And he said, I'm going to implement that plan in Twitter. And so I think what we're going to see with Twitter is going to be pretty um, amazing. And I would rather, you know, I don't, from a, from a tech oligarch standpoint, if I'm going to be on someone's side, it's likely going to be Elon's because he's more of a libertarian in his political positioning. And, essentially an anarchist and and from a technical standpoint, he's probably much more of an anarchist. So um, I don't have to get on the side of Jeff Bezos. I don't have to be on the side of uh, Zuckerberg. I can, well, so we'll uh, see how that unfolds. I, um, as you said, I am a consumer of Twitter. I have tweet deck on my iPad and uh, I'll look at that basically just to kind of scroll through and kind of see what's happening. Right. Because I follow and then, I follow a lot of, you know, the local, some uh, local TV, local, mm-hmm. couple local newspapers. Um, and then on TweetDeck, my columns, I have a hashtag OKWX mm. for Oklahoma weather, which is great. I have a, 
you know, hashtag OKSTATE for Oklahoma State, a hashtag Sooners, just because I want to see what the enemy's up to. Hmm. And uh, and so when you do that, I mean, you can just kind of scroll and quickly see, you know, has anything happened? Right. You know, and I need that to sort get, of thing. The weather yeah. one is great because you can, especially in instances when we have severe weather going on, because everyone from the National Weather Service to, uh, you know, Joe Public, they'll they'll put out something on Twitter and they'll do hashtag OKWX and it shows up on the feed, whether mm-hmm. it's video of a tornado or snowing here or the latest forecast or the latest update. For me, being a weather geek, I find that valuable and some of these uh, other things. Yeah. But as far as the, you know, some of the rest of it, you know, depending upon who's posting something, I'll, like I do with Facebook, I'll just scroll right past that. And I don't, usually with Facebook, and you know, you, you are the one who dragged <laughs> me kicking and screaming into both me. Twitter and Facebook. I know. And uh, in Facebook, I don't really, I haven't posted anything on Facebook I was acting Facebook on behest of my employer. I understand, yes. Which was also my employer at that time. Well, it still is. Still is your employer. Yes. Uh, but I don't do really anything anymore. I'll look at it when somebody, uh, an actual true friend of mine, not just a Facebook friend. Right. But somebody I've known forever says, uh, hey, we have a new grandson or whatever, and post pictures, and I'll go there and say, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Otherwise, I don't care. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's always good to be here. And at my age, it's darn good to be anywhere. <laughs> Uh, that's, you know, above uh, the six-foot uh, ground level. Uh, you know what I mean. All right, that'll do it for us. I'm, I'm ready. Better get out of here. And I'm JG. Have some more uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. Jeremy Griffin, that's it. And you know what? I got to tell you this real quick. Jeremy has become quite a magician. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, we need to get him to show the card the card tricks that he can do. It is amazing. So we'll <laughs> tease that. Maybe we'll talk him into it for yeah, next week. Yeah, do something it. like that. All right. Be safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday for another edition of Scatter Shooting.